Welcome to Dramas with the Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Drama Geek. I'm K-Muse. And I'm Carrie the Mockney. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters, and it's a great place to chat with us about recent dramas and what we're watching, all kinds of fun things. The link is in our show notes. So today we are talking about, we've touched a little bit on this drama hospital playlist um, in our mid-year review and just maybe some of the characters we've talked about, but it's a good enough drama that we have to cover it in a, a podcast all by itself. And so we gather the three people that were binging it, watching it, stalking it, loved it. Um, and we're going to talk about that. All things hospital playlist. Woohoo! I'm excited. Uh, again, it's like so good. It's like it'd be a shame to let such a good show go without, you know, its own podcast. And I want people to hear about it and be like, oh, maybe I should give it a try. So, yes, absolutely. I'm excited we're doing this. Me too. All right. So let's start off by talking about why we started watching this drama. And I have to say, once I don't remember who figured it out. It wasn't me. But whoever said it was the same writer and producer as Prison Playbook, as the Reply series, right then I knew I was in. I needed nothing else. Uh, same here. Like, I, it was probably me because I knew right from the beginning. <laughs> I, like, am an avid follower of this um, director. And he usually um, works with the writer. This is actually, like, one of the subwriters from the reply series but he did write prison playbook and you can definitely have a similar feel in just how they progress character development and it's very slice of life it's very character driven and so i'm a huge fan we'll watch anything even a hospital drama that mm -hmm. these people do so it was always must watch for me so I will admit there was some of it because I knew it was going to be a medical drama. I'm like, okay, there's some of this that I'll be watching between my fingers, just catching the subtitles because <laughs> operations. But anyway. And I see, I think that I had a feeling that they would be able to adapt the drama, still have it in the hospital, but have it nothing really about the hospital. And so I was pretty confident that I would like it. And yes, there is patients. They do go over doctor stories, but guess what? They don't spend hardly any time in the operating room. They don't spend hardly any time in, well, there's like almost zero time in like the hospital management section of it. Like it's not your normal hospital drama. So I very excited about that part of it. Like that's that the clincher for a hospital drama for me is how much do they put weight on yucky surgeries and hospital politics? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that was one thing they, I think there was a little bit of politics, like at the very beginning of the first episode, I was like, Oh no, please. No. It was like but a trick. Was it. <laughs> they, like, it was like bait and yeah. switch. Like we're going to give you a tiny bit to bring in the people that normally like that stuff, but then we're not going to talk about it for the rest of the time. <laughs> yep. It was beautiful. <laughs> yes. So let's start off. And, uh, the story is about five, doctors who became best friends in um, medical school when it's like the equivalent of like doctor college, I guess. Um, and so they became friends and they go through all these multiple hospitals and experiences together as a friendship. I, 
I'm not sure if we have like a specific amount of years, but it, it'd have to be like 12, 13 years at this point mm-hmm. of them being together. Um, cause they went through school, they went through the first hospital they all worked at, and then they traveled to another hospital altogether. So this is kind of the story of their lives as friends and romances and just as doctors. And so I think it's important that we start talking about the various characters first. Um, the first one we're going to talk about, I'm not a hundred percent how to pronounce his name is Ik Jun. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Okay, yeah. if it's pronounced differently, I apologize on that. But we nicknamed him Darth Vader Daddy because in the first episode, he was playing with his adorable son and got a Darth Vader helmet stuck on his head. And glued, so that's how we were to introduced. It was glued. Yes, it was glued to his head. Yep. And he shows up at the hospital that he works at with his son and his helmet. And it was just an iconic moment that just... Oh, my heart. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be Darth Vader daddy forever for me, I think. Um, What do we really like about this character? Like, what about his personality? Uh, Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, though, is he does have flaws. They're just likable flaws. Like he he really is like, I don't know. He's kind of a spaz in some ways and he does like he does certain things so he's not he's not a perfect person he's not perfect he's not perfect but his goods outweigh the small negatives so much yeah he was like wow (laughs) he was the center of the show like he was like their um gel like he cared about everybody so well and and like was mr uh, matchmaker and behind the scenes of like you know different characters and everything and he was just like the most amazing dad that he could be as and still be a doctor like he really really did work a lot but then they also mm-hmm. showed that he balanced it and took care of his and not I don't know how realistic that is as a single dad being a surgeon that does that many surgeries but he, at least in the show <laughs> they make it to where he he was able to do both of them but like I just as a friend as a sibling like his um sister is it's another ick ick something or other I can't remember mm-hmm. um soon maybe anyway yeah, so, yeah yeah so a, a sibling like it to his sister and um a dad and just everything about him and he's hilarious like he's just but he's also the kind of guy that goes and volunteers as he's a doctor he's a surgeon and he goes and takes over somebody's shift t- to serve them food the the sausage scene if you guys remember that mm-hmm. he was serving people food <laughs> so that they could I think the worker needed to go to like their family's game or recital or something, or something like, that. like that. yeah so again possibly a little bit too perfect but <laughs> he he just I probably one of my favorite uh characters in drama history like I just well, love him and I truly love that he's He's he doesn't have an ego. Right. We're so used to having these doctor egos where I'm the bestest doctor in the whole wide world. And look at me, how rich I am and handsome and, you know, all this stuff. And he's willing to take the place of a lunch lady. 
right. with the hairnet. And, you know, he doesn't act like it is at all um, embarrassing mm-hmm. or, you know, what a lot of people would feel that it's a negative or he's, you know, he's, he's quirky. He, I don't know. One of my favorite things is how excited he is of the memory of his single days of going out and doing karaoke and bars and clubs and the nightlife. And then he's like the most boring stay at home dad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he just gave it up because he put his family and his son over all these other things that the ego wouldn't usually let you give up because it's a status symbol of, you know, how women fawn over me, how important I am. But he puts his family and friends first. And I love that about him. Well, and I think he's absolutely the the heart of the little crew, but mm-hmm. he also wears his heart on this, his sleeve. I think, I think in this way, because they're showing us more the people who get into the medical profession, not for the glory, because the one guy who did seem to get into it for the glory, he totally got taken down. Yeah. But instead, we're centered around the people who got into it because they really care about other people and they really, really want to help. And I like it's a refreshing change and it seems more true to life, I think. Yes, I agree. So but yes. And so, yeah, Darth Vader daddy. I mean, for me, the iconic moment with him was after he picked up that teapot that was really hot <laughs> and so then Song Wall had to tape up his fingers and he ended up with gecko fingers mm-hmm. yeah like how am I supposed to do surgery like this <laughs> well and even then he's like okay we're good I don't have to do a surgery for three days from now so you know my hands will be better by then <laughs> so it was cute he's always thinking of others he is. He just he's very much an emotional connection. I really enjoyed his his role in the in the whole in the crew in the the five French crew. Mm-hmm. So the next character we're going to talk about is Kim Jun Hwan, and he is who we nicknamed Marshmallow Doc. And I think he is more your typical doctor that you see where he seems very strict and stern and like, doesn't know how to really talk to people or relate to them. He's just this master heart surgeon who does his job and, and all of that. And you kind of had to progress through the series to then, and even his co like his, his um, residents working under him um, had to see him in different scenarios to be able to go, Oh, okay. He does care about people and he does put himself out there and do things where you're like, Oh, that's, that definitely has a marshmallow center. Um, so I loved his, um, character with Darth Vader, daddy's sister. They had such a sweet, Mm -hmm. cute relationship. I loved seeing him try to woo her and then try to be all smooth. And it was great when they went back to the past scenes to just see how dorky they all were before they were like these great it was searches. so awkward. <laughs> so it was like, oh, you're trying to be cool with her and be like the, the, you know, smooth guy. But I've seen the past scenes and I've seen that weird hair flock of seagulls haircut. <laughs> oh my gosh yes so i know the frosted tips the frosted tips yeah. were the killer mm-hmm. oh yeah so yeah so it i but he's he was also one that um some of the interactions with his patients because he did heart surgery but he did it on so it's such a wide age range that like sometimes mm-hmm. he was doing stuff for little babies 
and then sometimes older. And just some of the interactions with his patients were the ones that made me cry the most because he just, it was heart wrenching and he was really bad at communicating in some ways. <laughs> he needed an interpreter to help him like convey the right things. But then sometimes he was really good at taking care of the patients, like parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of improved. I feel like his was the slowest character reveal ever because it took me forever to catch on to why we were calling him the marshmallow doc. And finally I understood. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, there it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, he just, he does the very good crusty exterior, soft interior. And it just, and then to see him with the band or like to see the behind the scenes with the actor mm. as they're practicing together and see how different he is because that his laid back personality is more of what I was expecting when I heard that this actor was cast in the drama. I mm. wish I could remember his name, but I can't. Dunkin anyway, Ho. I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> I know. He's, he's, my top three. he's the top three. <laughs> yes. so. so when he was cast, I was expecting something more like his role in Prison Playbook. Mm. A little more relaxed, but stick to the rules and to just have him be so grumpy and almost mean in the beginning. I was just like, I'm not sure I like where this is going. And then we got the excellent reveal. And yeah, it, the fact that he got together with June's sister, just, but they hid it from him the entire time. <laughs> he still doesn't know. I know. I don't know how that's possible. Or maybe he does know and yeah. he's playing them because it could go either way. I still think that, and are we doing spoilers in this or not of the first season or I don't I say mild spoilers. Okay. So, so there's a know, situation toward the end of season one where I swear they showed them that they were leaving the hospital at the same time and then they never showed mm-hmm. them actually interacting. So yeah, I think I that in season be, two, yeah. we're going to find out that he knows. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I was totally expecting him to walk out and catch them. Yeah. Well, and of course, I'm a huge Jung Kang Ho fan, like huge. I think I've watched everything he's done since he was like, if you can imagine, even skinnier than now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Way back when he was in like a show called Smile You way, 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 way back when I first started. Um, And so I've always been a really huge fan. And he plays, if you watch a lot of his dramas, you'll see that he's very much a character actor where he does play a lot of different characters and different ranges, whether they're jerks or whether they're nice guys or, you know, alpha characters, beta characters. He's all over the range. And so I really enjoy him in just whatever he does. He's a very talented actor and he might not be traditionally handsome, but his ability to create a character really comes across and it makes you really sink into the characters he plays. They're very memorable. And he especially does really well with this director writer combo because his character in prison playbook again was an exceptionally well done and developed character for the show. And so I was, a, I was so excited when it was released that he was going to be in this, um, his romance is so adorable, but I also love the bromances he has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even his friendship with uh, Sunghua, who is the one female out of the five group, where they, like, are competitive eaters. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I love the eating right. analogy where they show all the different, there was 
that scene where she was talking about that. It was, that's funny. Like the exactly. So yeah. he just brings kind of an energy to the group that I think would be missing. Mm-hmm. If I agree. It's just for he definitely has an energy, almost like a maturity that you don't always see in the others, or just that extra little layer. And mm-hmm. so I really loved his character. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the behind the scene, like the live watching, which I still haven't finished. It's like an hour and something long. And I watched like the first 20 minutes or so. And he, mm-hmm. and it's probably because he's out of his comfort zone playing live musician type, you know, a, a guitar, but like, he is that more nervous. Like he's not smooth and <laughs> like he, he's a little bit of a jittery, jumpy, like kind of, at least in that situation, you know? So it's kind of the other oh, side of Marshmallow me. Dog. Yeah, and that reminds me, I still need to go back and watch that one where they all play Operation together. <laughs> it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be because they kept getting them and not buzzing it all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there were two good fake of uh, fake doctors, but it was like almost like this, the thing. With, I was like, I remember doing it, and it seemed like you always got the buzz. So I don't know. Okay. So on to our next character, who is Young Suk Hyung, who is the OB, who is also the table, essentially. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the yes. table who doesn't want to be a table. Or is nothing <laughs> like a table. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And again, and that's one of those nice twists, too, that you don't find out that he's a rich kid until further into the drama. And you don't realize it because he doesn't act like a table. He acts like... Someone who actually wants to be an OB and wants to help pregnant women. Mm-hmm. And I really liked him. He was just, he was the teddy bear of the group to me. Yeah. I really liked how I was surprised by his character constantly. Um, at the beginning, I thought he was just a mama's boy. He's kind of like the awkward one of the group. Mm-hmm. But really, he has a very deep confidence in himself and what he's doing and his job. And he just, isn't interested in complicating it with the extra socialness and the niceties. Um, He has a very full life and he's content that way to an extent. I mean, I definitely, we see that there might be some issues with how content he is (laughs) towards the end. The solo armchair in the living room. Yeah. But I, I think he has, created a life for himself where he's very happy because he's helping people. He's being a, like a diligent son. He's being a good friend and he's happy. And could he have more happiness if he chances to try love again? Maybe. Um, We learned that he's divorced at -hmm. the very beginning and we never really meet the woman or hear about his relationship or what went wrong. But, um, it's interesting because I just really liked him by the end of the show. He's mm-hmm. definitely like the dark horse that was just kind of quietly in the background. And before you know it, you're like, he's the most awesome pediatrician, or not pediatrician, but OBGYN. Like, I would totally want him to deliver my babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And I just love him. I just really liked the character development of that one. Yeah, I think it was funny because I really at the beginning, like you said, I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's such a mama's boy. Get on, you know, like get over it. And then as you dig deeper into his character, like, oh, okay, he has a reason to. 
and it's very understandable and then it's very sweet. And then mm-hmm. his not wanting to be in a relationship, there's un- there's, there's history behind that. Like, yeah, there are valid reasons of he doesn't want that to happen to anybody else. And he's extremely busy. Like he, you know, he's very busy. He knows that he is. And I feel like he doesn't. And it's possible that's part of why, because we don't know why they divorced. Um, but that's possible. That's some of the reason. It's just because doctors are busy and sometimes you don't realize how much of their time is going to be sucked up by all of that stuff. So, but I, um, I love that he's the one that insisted and made them all get back together and start playing their band, you know, Mm -hmm. having their band rehearsals, not that they went and performed anywhere, but like he knew (laughs) like that's, that was their like connection, connection, but also the relaxate like that. They were able to like, push away all of the worries of having lives in their hands all the time and all of that and just be able to play in a band, sing the songs that they did when they were in college and just enjoy each other's company and each other's um, talent and memories and all that stuff. So I, I love that he kind of made that happen. He got the band back together. He did. <laughs> well, and I like that their friendship is shown Outside of just like, oh, well, we're getting together for drinks after a hard days of work. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's usually how you would see this. Oh, we're all going to go get drunk. Oh, Mm -hmm. we're going to eat, which we had some of the eating, too. But I like that this was a new outlet for connecting as friends. And it's something you don't see as often in dramas because usually you see them connecting with drinking or, you know, food. And Mm -hmm. so it was a nice, nice little twinge to the usual story arc that you'd get yeah, yeah. and I loved it too because we got to hear Jo Jung Suk sing yeah wow yeah I hope that but was... we'll get to that later <laughs> okay uh our next character that we need to talk about is Daddy Longlegs also known as Jung Won um this is a character I'm a little torn about because uh, I he also has worked with this director before in Answer Me 1994, and he, I was definitely on Team Chibonge. Um Highly still on Team, <laughs> and so I've always wanted to really just connect with him in another drama. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be the drama. This is the one that he's going to be the shine, and it seemed promising in episode one because you find out that he's the son of the CEO of the hospital and he's a doctor and he's really handsome and kind to kids and everybody loves him and he even gives up his position as being the heir to the hospital in order to get money for all of his charities because he um, takes the money And gives it to people that can't pay their hospital bills. So, you know, literally a daddy long legs. And it's this great character. And then he just kind of lost his oomph in the middle. And then he ended up really strong where we see a lot of flashback. And him dealing with all of his questions on where he was going to do. Because he wanted to become a priest like his two brothers. And then he had two sisters that were nuns. And so obviously religion was very important to this family. And he was going to make it a full five siblings in (laughs) the, um, I guess it's not all the priesthood. But, you know. Yeah, right. 
dedicating themselves to a life of sacrifice and giving to others. And so it, it took a long time for us to know kind of where his character was going to go. And so I liked his character. I liked the beginning, really solid end. The middle, he kind of lost his oomph a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think he suffered some of the dramas where the this particular team, where they do the flashback and forth and you try to figure out who the husband is and all of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's the one that ended up kind of getting that treatment. It's like, does he want to be a priest? Does he really not want to be a priest? How committed is he? Does he have feelings for the character that they you know are trying to put him with does he not and you're kind of back and forth and they hit a lot because they want the, the reveal at the end and I do feel like like you're an amazing surgeon who loves your job please tell me why you want to be a priest and I never quite got that from him and so I was having a hard time understanding his character and so I feel like his character is going to shine in season two that's my hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so, we're all hoping for that. So I feel, you know, that's kind of what I hope, want. We'll see. And I want to say they robbed his story of impact by saving everything for the end, but the mm. end would not have been as strong if they hadn't done done it that way. Yeah, I agree. So. I do agree. So I feel like, well, if, I, as I say, I feel if, if you look at this, the, the story arc over the seasons, then maybe our opinion will definitely be different. We're, but we're just looking at a section of it. Right. Well, and I I am thankful that they saved, like, the reveal kind of thing for just one character. So it wasn't like all five of the characters were mm-hmm. involved in this. Who's it going to be reveal? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. so, And I also appreciated that we got such great cameos from the two dads from 1988 <laughs> yes. as his priest brothers. And then Jennifer from Still 17 was one of his sister nuns. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who the other actress was. Um, I know she was a famous actress. I just couldn't remember who right offhand. I'd have to look But it. all of these great character actors came in as his siblings. And it was quite amusing to see them all like trample in in their um <laughs> They're black crocs and everything and it was a great reveal the one actor who played his brother and who's played like the dad in almost all of the or at least one of the dads in all of this like he really yeah he's been in he was in prison playbook he was he wasn't there for long because like he got fired or whatever but like he was in that one too so it's like he has he has been in every single one of their dramas since the beginning. And I have a feeling he'll end up being like the one guy in the Pixar movies who always John does, like, <laughs> who does a cameo. Yeah. So I feel like that's him. Like, even if it's just a small part that, cause he was only in like episode one of this show and two, I think. and two maybe, but like, he's not in yeah. the, for the rest, but he was there. Like he just, he, mm-hmm. I feel like the, that team is like, no, we need to bring him in for something, you know? Right. But so, um, we have our last, person of the fabulous five and i think we it's a tie for me with between darth vader daddy and and chase on she is just super amazing and she might be the one where it's like hmm, what are her flaws because she's not where <laughs> she's you know she's not annoying or not that darth vader daddy is annoying but he did do some things where you're like okay he's annoying <laughs> like 
<laughs> laying on you trying to listen to your phone call while you're talking to somebody like he has some little quirks that you're like, oh, OK, he could be annoying. But she's just solid. Like she's an amazing neuro, you know, like uh, she's a neurosurgeon, right? Yeah. So she's an amazing surgeon. All of them are good, are amazing doctors, but like she just, she's such a good mentor. Um, she really cares about people and her character was just so much fun. And her, the actress going back and watching all of the um, musicals that she's been in. Dang, she is talented and has an amazing voice. And in this, she doesn't, <laughs> she has a horrible voice in this, but just she is just so super talented, um, and I just I I loved her. If if the other if Daddy Longley or not Daddy Longley if Darth Vader Daddy is the heart I I don't know if if she, I think she's the other half of the heart. Like I just think that together they're both like the heart that kind of seals them all together, and she's there for all of them in all different situations, and she's just the. She's the best. I love her. I would call her the brain maybe because she definitely tends to dictate, not dictate to people, but just yeah. be like, well, you should do this. You should do this. You yeah. should do this. So she was the yeah. one that did all the analogy right toward the end and was talking to daddy long legs and really kind of helping him suss out like not being a priest or being a priest or what his decision was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She helped him see that he had already made his decision. Yeah. She's like the, the guru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that line of residence that was always going in to get consultation with her. But at the same time, they showed, <laughs> they showed the flip side when a character called her out on it. It was like, don't make my decisions for me. Because yeah. she kept telling that character. I don't want to give spoilers. Yeah, yeah. She kept telling the character what to do and the opportunities they would miss out on if they chose a certain path. And they were like, look, I make my decisions. You don't quit telling me what to do. So yeah. there is there is a flip side. That's the one little flaw I can pull out. And she tends to wear her shoes until they fall off or fall apart. I really liked one um, scene from the very beginning with her. And it's definitely one of those scenes that made you realize that this wasn't going to be your typical hospital drama is um, there was an older uh, doctor in the area and he had definitely had the doctor ego and, you know, he blustered even if he was wrong and these residents were coming to her and saying hey you need to do this he's not doing it right he's going to ruin this surgery he can't do this you need to take over and rather than take over she goes to the doctor and says hey can I be your assistant on this I need to have some um I really want to watch as you do this because I haven't had, I want more experience. And so she didn't try to trample a person's ego or, you know, say, yes, I'm right. I'm better. I'm, I can do this. You can't do this. She really goes out of her way to see it from all sides and to do what's best for the patient as well as the working relationship she has with her coworkers. And I really, really respect how she develops that through the whole show. She never is putting people down. She's strict, but she's also very fair and very kind. And I really appreciate that. And it's something we rarely see in hospital dramas. And so I really like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. she was strict and had high expectations and high, like she held people to a standard, but she didn't like kick them and yell at them and like, 
you know, beat them into like, this is how you're supposed to do things where, you know, she let them grow and learn, but still held them. I mean, with that type of surgery and everything, you have to hold them to a high standard. And she did that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So our next one is our probably the most memorable resident. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, (laughs) resident Jong and she, um, she wasn't memorable at first, but they kept focusing on her. So you couldn't help but notice her. And as the story progressed, I was like, Oh, that's why. So she was, she was one of those characters that it took me a while to get pulled in because she's so disconnected from like her personal life. She's all about being a doctor except for her gigantic crush on daddy long legs. <laughs> and so, you know, just relating to her was just, to me, it was kind of, it was difficult until I saw where she was headed. And then my heart started breaking for her because I didn't see her getting what she wanted. Well, and actually I had the opposite reaction. I really just connected in right away. I loved how, awkward she was in social connections but she was willing to learn she was always willing to be like oh I did that wrong this is how I need to connect with the patients with the people with the parents or the the -hmm. loved ones that are very upset about what's going on I can't be so clinical and she by far we see her change and take what she's learning from these other doctors and actually utilize it as she becomes a better doctor and I just love the growth that her character has and how she's not a bad person ever. It's never one of those where, well, you're a horrible person and you need to change and you're just the worst ever. But she needs to realize how to connect with others and through her relationships with the various doctors and especially with Darth Vader daddy, her friendship with him. Mm-hmm. She really has learned a lot and And even she's learned that, you know, love might not work out and I need to just move on. And it's never that whole, it's all this or nothing. I I just love her character. She is the best. Her progression was good. Now that you point that out, I remember when she was drawing that diagram for the patient after learning how to talk on their level or not the patient, but the patient's mom. Yeah, but you see that through the whole experience. She really takes what the doctors are telling to her to heart and applies it. And we so rarely see that. We Mm -hmm. see more often the, well, this is how I'm doing it and how dare you try to coach me. And so I just adored her ability to take things and learn as she went through the storyline. I think she was one of the best examples of what um, going from being a, a in school and learning from textbooks and learning in a classroom. Um, and when you're a doc, when you're somebody who's studying to be a doctor, like a lot of it, you are smart in a lot of those type of ways. But then when you get out into the real world and have to apply that to real patients, real people, that it showed that. I don't even think it's necessarily part of her personality, although she is awkward. But I think that there is that learning time component that comes with every resident or every intern or whatever, where they have to see and interact with patients and then be able to adjust. How do I handle telling somebody that their loved one just died? Or how do I handle those types of things? And it it takes life experience. 
doctors mm-hmm. need that life experience to be able to handle it. And I think she was such an amazing example of, you know, not relaying the information in the best way. And also there that that balance of like giving the, the patients information, but not worrying them too much, but kind of not lying to them either. And so <laughs> she had to learn that balance. But she won me over because it is so gross when she picked off all of the 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 what were the maggots the maggots because again she didn't have the best people skills but she Mm -hmm. also didn't wasn't like she didn't treat people like they were gross and or stupid or whatever she just didn't know how to communicate but she'll go in there and pick off the maggots from (laughs) so that's i think that was episode one or two so i was like yep she's she's the kind of i mean she took a while but she figured it out and yeah I thought that was the moment that she won me over. Well, now that we've been through that, I'm like, I'm going to have to rewatch this. Not that I wasn't going to, because of course we're going to rewatch this. But now I'll be able to go in with a better perspective on her Mm -hmm. and hopefully get more out of the story that way. Agreed. So I think we've touched on it before, but how does this drama transcend the usual hospital tropes? And the usual hospital tropes are you have a genius doctor, you have doctor politics where everyone's trying to be top dog. Um, You have the my least favorite of all time is, oh, you messed up in a surgery or your patient died and now you need to take responsibility for his death and die yourself, you know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's like my least favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm all like, doctors lose patience. That's part of being a doctor. It's not all flowers and sausages. Um, so sometimes I, it is sausages, though, if you work in the lunchroom. <laughs> that is true. I love that I could actually use that in our recap. <laughs> um, so I love that they're showing real hospital. It's positives it's negatives it's highs it's lows it's happiness and sadness and it's not all about taking responsibility for every little thing that happens right I mean they showed it sorry I don't know if I'm butting it no I'm not I'm next okay Um, (laughs) (laughs) they they showed a really good example of this with the um, uh, OB doctor and his uh, resident doctor the one that had a crush on him And, you know, it showed of like he had a patient that had a condition that like really if they didn't act fast and they didn't do what they were supposed to do, that she could have died. But again, if they didn't, if they handled it the exact same way that they did as best they could and she died, like they did everything that they could. Nobody is needing to be accused of anything. And it really showed, um how you know the doctor's racing to get to the hospital and the resident was doing everything she could to um, take care of the patient and make sure nothing happened and thankfully nothing did happen to her but like again it, it, it was just one of those where it didn't I don't think it would have resulted in you didn't do your job and 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 the guilt and all that I mean of course she would have been had been guilty because I think with doctors anytime they lose a patient Um, especially if they don't feel like they did good enough, which also was shown with um, Sung Hwa and the interns of Mm -hmm. like at that time, she still did the best of her ability and the patient died and she didn't do anything wrong, but she carried that with her and used that to become a better doctor. And I feel like 
that's life. That's how it works. Exactly. I, I it, there's nothing worse than them getting blamed for doing the best they could. And it death is part of being in a hospital, unfortunately. And I hate when dramas ignore that and make it as, well, you're the worst person ever because you had someone die, you know, mm-hmm. and to use that as, well, you're going to be fired now. I, I always have a lot of issues with that trope. The show Agreed. itself, though, really didn't, I don't think, fall into hardly any of the tropes no. for a hospital drama. So it circumvented those. And we were talking about that at the beginning. I think it just did a, a really good job of keeping it about the, the characters, the doctors themselves, and what kind of care you have to have for people to be able to do that profession, what kind of uh, hours and and dedication it takes to, to actually accomplish what they need to accomplish and didn't focus in any, on any of the rest of the stuff. Now, we know that, unfortunately, that stuff does come into play, especially with <laughs> life as we know it right now and the, you know, mm-hmm. budgets and all that kind of stuff is real. But this show just focused in on the people, both the doctors and the patients. Yeah. It focused, it humanized the experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that usually we don't get that. We just get the um, where they make it super sensational. Mm-hmm. And so we don't get the real human experience. And we avoided the emotional manipulation that's also really common oh, with yes. dramas where there's potential death. I mean, it's not that the patients didn't die, but instead it was, well, like you guys have said, it feels more realistic. It doesn't feel like, you know, the end all be all point of this emotional arc right and so it was more incorporated than than a story that revolves around a more fantastical hospital setting there was a couple of episodes that ended like on a cliffhanger that you know like oh like his mom being brought in and then the next episode she's just in the hospital room or whatever like usually Mm -hmm. there was like i think two maybe three times that that one episode ended where you're like oh this could be the the crazy, exciting, sad thing that happens. And then you get to the next episode and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But I don't think they did it too, too, too bad in the manipulation. And then some things, just like life, some things that they said, oh, this is going to po- be a possibility. It followed through and it was a sad event and you did have to go to the funeral home, you know, kind of thing. So they kind of had both, both results. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our next one is changes. So, oh, sorry. So it changes up the concept of the OTP. It really focused in on the friends and their relationship, mm-hmm. and then it had relationships that they had as well. But there wasn't, I wouldn't say there was one main OTP. There were couples, no. but everybody had, it was just their lives. Everybody had love interests. Whereas there wasn't one main couple. It was just all the main characters with their love interests. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe they hinted in an OTP towards, you know, in the last episode. Yeah. But well, but even would you clarify it as like a regular OTP? It's like everyone had their relationships or possible relationships. All five of them did. And so I don't think that we did have a one true pairing or, oh my gosh, if these two don't end up together, I'll die, you know? (laughs) No, it was more if they don't continue being friends 
and have band practice, then I'll die. Exactly. I will die. Exactly. Like they need the to be. The OTP is the band. <laughs> exactly. That's that's really for me. Well, and I really like that they didn't have all of the love triangles and everything within the group. Right. Um, they do hint that there might be a romance between two of them. Uh, it definitely kind of ended on an unanswered moment just because there is going to be a second season. And so we don't really know where that's going to go or not. But if it doesn't go that way, they both are great people. They both are really positive and they'll have good relationships in the future. Mm -hmm. I did love that it's a bunch of characters that are in their thirties. They've had relationships, they've had marriages and divorces and experiences through life. And they're not looking for that. Oh, this is the one true love that I fell in love with when I was two. And this is the (laughs) only relationship that will ever fulfill me. And I like that we don't get any of that in the romances. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. I think they must have said something as they were writing it to just, our theme is realistic because mm-hmm. it does just across the board, it just feels more realistic. Yeah. So in, in the theme of realism, they definitely use the music that the band plays to bring all the feels. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I that's, those were the highlight of the episode for me because obviously the song kind of would tie together the theme of the episode, but just their banter, their attempts to get together, the little planting of, oh, we're going to play this. And so they're listening to it throughout the episode. I thought it was incorporated so well and I loved it so much. And again, Joe Jong-suk and his voice. <laughs> that made me happy. <laughs> well, and I, I liked that... Um, The actor, some of them had varying degrees of understanding of the the instrument they were playing before they started it. Um, But they all put in a huge effort to learn. And at the end, you know, they played live. So, I mean, they really were playing to the ability that you see in the show, Mm -hmm. which I mean, they're not expected to be like, oh, they became famous. And like, but even, you know, that they they played very well. And watching some of the them training and everything like that. I really enjoyed that when you're looking at Sankwa, she's playing the bass. She's mm-hmm. that's what she's playing and she's doing a really good job for, you know, knowing it for how long ever long she has, but even just knowing it at all, she was doing a really great job and I just loved the um I tend to like the, that music from that era when it comes to Korean music, it just has a very, and it, nostalgia isn't the right word because I didn't know about the music when, <laughs> when it came out. It's not from my college days, but it still has that feeling of uh, kind of older, but I just love that um, era of the music from Korea. And so them singing the songs and um, one of my favorite scenes was when the mom and the director came and listened mm-hmm. to him or whatever just like the little tap of the was it his leg he was tapping or his it was fingers his foot. he was <laughs> his tapping foot. his foot and his fingers just a little bit not enough yeah. that they would notice yeah but, yeah but i mean they're just in the basement of his mom's house <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it infiltrate it really kind of shifted the tone of the drama where it could have just been about hospital and all of that and then it just gave you that light uh relief from everything else just like the characters 
in each episode. You got to like just kind of relax and listen to the music and just love it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, I really enjoyed how it was definitely music that felt timeless. It didn't feel like, oh, this is super, super old and I wouldn't ever listen to it now. In fact, I've gone and hunted down a couple of the songs um, and put them into my playlist just because they've been played on like the um, various Korean music shows. They'll sing these older songs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I have them added to my playlist. I like that kind of where it is songs that 50 years from now, people will still know. Yeah. And it definitely is. It kind of had like they were singing like what would be the equivalent of Beatles songs for us, mm-hmm. you know. And so I really enjoyed that aspect. It really just made it feel like this could be any group of friends in any era. It didn't have to be like 2020. And yeah. so. Okay. So um, are we OK with multi-season dramas and this is a pretty I don't know polarizing is the right word but I do see it come up enough in Twitter and Facebook group chats that a lot of people just because one of the reasons that they left um the media like stopped watching stuff from whatever country they're from is because of the multi-seasons American dramas are like that um, British dramas and all that kind of stuff. They wanted the one and done and mm-hmm. the story arc of just having it and then being done with it. But um, I personally feel like one and done isn't necessarily st- sustainable um, because you're constantly having to churn out new stories. And I mean, they, they are beginning to bring in new um, writers. And so then it's making some of the stuff feel fresh. But with this um, writer director team in particular, so maybe it's just with them. I'm totally okay with it. I feel like they have a um, what is it called? Slice of life, t- yeah, slice of yeah. life type setup. Anyway, that like I could honestly take out the like who is the girl going to end up with? I could watch the Ajamas from 1988. Um, <laughs> on their block, living in the same houses and just serving up the dinner. Like I could watch another season of that. Like they could come up with stories of those characters that I would really enjoy watching. So I think that they have the right kind of storytelling ability that lends to a multi-season and, I, and it l- allowed them to do a one episode a week, 12 episode drama and really do it well. And so I think that this particular team can do a multi-season and, and keep my interest and make me keep coming back. Well, and for me, I think um, the only concern I have about multi-season is, are we for sure going to have a season two? And I think this team has definitely proved that they're rating winners. They're not going to get shortchanged and get cut off, you know, without a season two. Um, Doing it through Netflix, it's almost a guaranteed because Netflix is pretty good about finishing out their story arcs with multi-seasons. Um, yeah, see, I think- do I want, do I want it to happen with every single show? No, no. Yeah. but as long as it's well written and well told and well, um, 
acted, I don't have a problem with watching multi-seasons of good storytelling. Mm -hmm. I think it just really depends on you knowing what the story is you're telling. You have a firm concept from start to end and you know where to end it, how to keep. I didn't feel that when they ended it that I'm missing anything. Sure, there's a few story arcs I definitely want to get back to in season two and see if they go anywhere. But I didn't feel like I was unfulfilled with where they left all the characters. Right. And so, you know, it's just their life. We just saw a glimpse of their life and part of it. And hopefully we'll see the next segment of their life. Um, in a year, I'm very excited that we get two seasons of this show. So, and I'm one of those that actually left American drama, well, American television, just because not just because of the multi seasons, because like I used to be a devoted fan of NCIS, but the story starts to get formulaic and watered down the longer it goes, because there's only so far that you can stretch out these stories or make continue to make them relevant, interesting, but. To have two or three seasons of a really well-told slice of life story like what we've gotten with Hospital Playlist, I think that works very well. But then I was thinking about some of my other favorite dramas like Goblin, and I would not want that to be a multi-season. I, it was perfectly planned. It was well executed from beginning to end, and that was enough. So I think it really depends on the story and how it's being produced. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm good with it. Like in this situation, it's kind of a grabbing hands, please give me season two now. Right. But not with every drama. Well, and I think uh, KMU's made a good point of like, if it's done by the, by the kind of team that is a hit maker and you know that they're going to give them a second season, like Kingdom has also worked well for two seasons. Mm-hmm. They did the six episodes and six episodes and Mr. Drama Geek like gobbled up both seasons and is ready <laughs> for season three. So like it can no work. <laughs> actually it wasn't intended <laughs> until <laughs> after I said it but anyway um that if it's the right writer where you know they're going to get another season then I I'm happy with it but then there's other ones that if there's no season two and you're not sh- they did season one and you weren't sure about see like Arth Doll Chronicles is a good example of yeah. that like they are doing a season two but by the time it comes out and just with the way I felt at the end of season one I'm like I don't care But like, so like having the ability of knowing that there's going to be a next season and that the story didn't end in the middle of something where you're like, I don't feel fulfilled at all. I have no earthly idea, you know, if they're going to get it one again, and I probably won't be interested in it when it comes out if they do. So, so just as we're starting to wrap up, do we have any favorite scenes where just that scene resonated with you and it's just like that moment you're going to remember when you are watching this show. Um, I think we already commented on one of my absolute favorite scenes is the one where they're playing for the parents and just the song choice. The song just resonated with me and the feeling of just like an uplifting feeling of just their lives. It was just a very positive and it was all feels. I I can't even explain. It's just the song and the connection and the characters together and everything about it just was gold to me. So I really like that scene. That's fair. Can I say the whole drama? Can the (laughs) the whole drama be my favorite scene? (laughs) 
You can. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Your Highness. <laughs> no, I think my favorite is like, um, well, we already talked about the gecko fingers. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, that is stuck in my head because it just makes me laugh every time I think about it. And then there's a final scene at the end that I won't, um, that I won't spoil, but it was very satisfying and made me squeak just a little bit. <laughs> so. So I think mine is the scene where they they show um, Darth Vader daddy drunk and singing a particular song. And then they oh, show the band so practice good. and singing the song and the way he glances over at a particular person. And then just that uh, heart wrenching feeling when he's singing it while he's drunk. Like and then they're all together in both scenes. They're all drunk and singing karaoke and then they're all at band practice and uh, just the the two together and that vulnerableness of the characters and part of it i that's probably one that will stick with me okay i must have uh, the next ones <laughs> Aquas- no, oh no you me. do <laughs> I, i'm paying attention i promise all right so out of this very perfect drama, <clears throat> no opinion there. Is there anything we don't like or would change? <laughs> Actually, the I don't know how I feel about this one, but I'm a deeply religious person myself. And so to have Daddy Longlegs being torn between being a doctor or becoming a priest, which apparently was his lifelong dream, and to have to start rooting for him not to become a priest, I was like questioning myself. <laughs> And so that bothered me. But at the same time, I didn't feel like we got enough of a reason of why he wanted to become a priest other than the fact that all his brothers and sisters had done it. Because his mom even commented, she was driving with the director somewhere. He's like, oh, you must be really deeply Catholic. And she's like, no, I've tried them all. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, okay, then what is the basis for all these children becoming so devoted to their service to God? And yet, you know, she's off somewhere. What what was their... I mean, I just... It didn't have much of a foundation for me. And so to have him face this kind of what felt like for him an impossible choice and then to be rooting for him to be, be stay being a doctor, I was just like, I, I felt very conflicted about that the whole time. But also it was a really good storytelling. I was going to say, for me, I kind of liked it that it showed as the viewer, you're rooting for him not to because you can see how well he serves people through his Mm -hmm. being a doctor. So he was serving God in his own way and serving the people in a way he would not be able to as a priest and in for his, his personality and his own self in a better way than he would be able Mm -hmm. to as a priest. And that's why I like looked at it of like, and that's kind of what it came down to. And Sung Kwa's uh, advice to him, even though it was a little bit cryptic, like when she was talking to him, she's just like, you are fulfilled by seeing your patients healthy and happy and sending them home alive, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's how you're serving God. So. um, That's a good point. Yeah. So I didn't feel bad about rooting for him not to be, because I just didn't feel like it was the right fit for him because it could be the right fit for somebody, but not for him. Mm -hmm. Not in the direction that he'd already taken in his life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I would say maybe that I agree with you that that's probably the only thing that I would change. There were a couple of episodes. There were a few sections where I was just a little bit like, okay, I'm tired of seeing surgeries, but that, I mean, they were in a hospital and that's just my aversion to 
watching surgery. So I would say that's probably my only thing as well. Um, one thing it, I thought it was going to be more a negative than it turned out to be, but I know that we've discussed just among the group of us that we get hit with a lot of characters at the beginning. It's not just about the five friends. It's about the residents, about the other doctors, about the family members. It's about, you know, some of their patients. There's a lot of characters involved in the storytelling of this. And some at, at the very beginning, it felt very overwhelming uh, for the first two episodes, I would say until it kind of settled into where you're like, okay, that's that resident. That's this person. Um, and so I did feel that I was going to be annoyed that there were so many characters in this show, but it ended up leveling out to where it really, um, enhanced the storytelling that you got this full connection of their relationships and the people that they spend time with day after day after day. And so I ended up really liking that. Um, so that's just one of those things that I say, if you're watching this for the first time and you're a little overwhelmed, just keep going with it because it does even out. Mm-hmm. So that is a good point. Because, yes, I was overwhelmed, too. And there were even still a couple of the resident stories that I was like, wait, where did they come from? <laughs> but there, it was also the fact because I know binge watching it, I will catch those stories better. Having a week to forget in between those episodes made it harder for me to keep track of some of those side stories. But yeah, it does. It gets better. It does get less overwhelming. All right. So the question we always ask when we're watching or talking about a drama is, would we recommend it? And I think that um, we did a whole podcast on it (laughs) because we absolutely (laughs) had to. Um, So, yes, I would. I, I feel like no matter what kind of drama watcher you are, you should at least check out the first two episodes maybe the first three and see if it's a fit for you, especially if you've ever liked any of these. Um, I feel like if you liked any of their stories, you have to watch it. Like it's, it, it, it's, you're going to like it because that's just the way they do their storytelling. But um, if you haven't, I think that it's a good 12. I mean, the episodes are a little longer, but that's, they only did the one a week. So it's just 12 episodes so that the hour count is probably works out to about 16 hours, but it's, it's well worth it. Agreed. I was very, very satisfied with the show and we give it like a 9.5, 10 out of 10. It's very well done. Agreed. Yep. What they said. Totally (laughs) recommend. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. If there is a specific actor or theme you would like us to discuss, let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. Mm